yeah, what are you eating? So, <laughs> I'm eating watermelon with tahini on it. And if you don't know what tahini is, you obviously live in Whitesville, America. So, or Australia. What tahini is? To, oh yeah, or Australia. But you guys even have it. I'm sure there's a bunch of Australians that know what tahini. Tahini I'm is from just Whitesville, like, America. Well, it's called on the bottle Classico seasoning. But realistically, it's kind of like this tart, salty seasoning that you would put on like fruits and veggies. Mm. Now, you might be thinking, tart, salty seasoning, why would I put that on fruit? Get out of that headspace. <laughs> put it on all of your fruit. Jesus Christ, it's great. I mean, I, so, I, I'm a guy that like puts chili on everything, but I've never thought to put hot sauce or well, spices on fruit. <laughs> so, tahini's got this, like, it's got this tartness to it. Mm. So, you, like, if you go over, overboard, you're going to hit that tartness. But for some reason, especially with, like, watermelon and pineapple, any sort of fruit that has that water retention... So you're going to hit that, that tartness, and then once that fruit explodes in your mouth, it, like, washes over and smooths out. It's just the best-tasting thing in the world. That, that's a hell of a visual you just gave it. <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, like if, if you try it, you will completely understand. Everything I just said will make 100% total sense. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. So it, <laughs> Anthony comes in, and he's like, you guys ever heard it? You guys know tahini? And Anthony just assumed uh, assumed I've heard of this shit. I'm from Ohio, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what that shit is. Yeah. We have the yeah, most yeah, bland. Yeah. We have the most bland palate on the planet in the Midwest. All right. You're like tahini. <laughs> you mean celery seasoning? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Cel- celery salt? Yeah, celery salt is like the most bland salt in the world. And celery salt is basically like. The like you know Charlie Brown when the parents would talk to my wow 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 that's what celery salt is of the salt world. <laughs> oh man, that's probably as good a point as any for me to introduce this podcast. Uh, hello, dear listeners, I'm John O'Peck, bringing you Eight Bit Cast episode whatever number this is. Uh, you might know me from Eight Bits Comedy Rewind, Hoop Dreams, Putting in Work, but here today, instead of the usual suspects, we have two of our patrons. Anthony Florida and Colin Sparling. You may have heard their names here in the shout outs. Thank you for joining me, boys. Thank you for having us. Yeah. What's going on, guys? It's John Opec from Putting in Work. I've been I've been listening. That's 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 my impression of John O. Not bad, <laughs> it's not terrible. Bad. It's, it's- Are we doing impressions? Here's mine. Oi, I'm John O. We got koalas and they got syphilis. That's that's accurate. Jesus. But uh where might people know you guys from? Like I've into I've podcasted with you in the past, but some of our many other Patreon supporters and regular listeners might not know you guys, so give us the background. Yeah, so I would probably be most famous from uh, being a guest on Colin Moriarty's podcast, uh, Colin's Last Stand Fireside Chats. I was on episode, episode 99 titled Metalhead, as I was on his show. Uh, it was just released a few weeks ago at the time of this recording. And I was on to talk about uh, my time playing in a metal band, uh, more specifically being a vocalist, doing screams and yells and all that stuff. And it quickly devolved into a general talk of, about music because Colin and I have a lot of uh, musical taste in common. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it was a super good show. And I also do uh, Tadaima, a Terrace House podcast, which Terrace House is a Japanese reality TV show. Uh, and we podcast about it. Uh, and it sounds super nerdy and super <laughs> weeby, but it's a lot of fun because you get to psychoanalyze Dude, uh, Japanese culture and all that shit. That sounds so perfectly niche, though. That like yeah. it, the, that's the that that was the, that the, exactly the idea, and we have getting yeah. we're getting a lot of organic traffic, man. Uh, we have like almost ten thousand views now on our oh, one man. of our episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's going super well, and honestly, ten thousand like stamps dot com money. Yeah, yeah. Like t- ten thousand doesn't sound like a whole lot in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, but for. <laughs> For a, for a you know a grassroots podcast, 
you know, I think that 10,000 is, is, is pretty damn good. And then right mm. now I'm yeah. actually uh, working on an interview podcast uh, in my own time called Colin in Mono. It's an ongoing project. Isn't published or launched yet, but it is something I'm working on. Uh, but it's it's currently in production. Cool. And Anthony, you are uh, the dad bod of all dad bods. So tell us what you do. Yes. So my name is Anthony Flaherty. Uh, I I've actually I was on an episode of Put It In Work. It was a wonderful episode. Jono, I want to thank you again for giving me a platform to talk to the people about Tourette's Syndrome. Um, so, but yeah, my name is Anthony Flaherty. Uh, I'm a podcaster. I'm a Twitch streamer. Uh, I guess internet personality, uh, or at least trying to be. Uh, I've got Tourette's Syndrome. Jono gave me a, a platform from that, and as well as uh, like I've been on Colin Moriarty's Fireside Chats talking about that as well. That was kind of my my breaking through to podcasting other than uh cheeks jr and chip tooth gaming kind of giving me a a spot to kind of just chill and chat that was sort of my first foray into podcasting but uh yeah i i would say i'm just a content creator uh if i'm not creating something for our, my podcast dad's beards nerds you know I, i'm doing stuff for the twitch channel and you know working on trying to better myself that way or gain followers or just kind of you know work on my reach yeah and the, the Twitch name is Dad Bod Plays. I wasn't just talking right. about your body size or shape for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Dad Bod Plays. You know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of working on right now is working on like some sort of branding for people who come in, like join. You know, I'm working on uh, trying to make like join the Dad Bod Squad kind of kind of hip. And then also, uh, you know, like I like to all my posts when I go live, I like to put, hey, your favorite dad is live. So oh, I'm just trying to like, <laughs> like, like get these keywords in with it to kind of, Get people going. Well, well, the, the reason of why I, I've been branching out and trying to use kind of like these keywords, these key phrases, is due to a uh, a Twitch streamer called uh, Ashney Christ. Um, she released a book, and you know she talks about these things to better improve your stream and kind of retain viewers and stuff like that. So I've been implementing a lot of what she said in in order to that's cool. Basically, better myself, better the podcast, better the Twitch channel, all that jazz. I just wanted to point out that uh, Anthony's talking to us with the signature green screen behind. Oh, yeah. him. <laughs> Classic Twitch streamer. Yeah classic the best part about it is i never even use it it literally never gets used it's just a green screen backdrop <laughs> you gotta have it you just gotta have it but you have the delgato i assume yep you're both 8-bit patrons so i wanted to talk about that first of all like obviously 8-bit launching a patreon has been a pretty big thing for everybody involved and it's been really awesome to see the numbers tick up high enough that i could start the comedy rewind podcast so this kind of coincides well with that and you guys being at the producer level, I forget exactly what it's called, or you can eat or something like that. Uh, you, <laughs> you, uh, you're one of the reasons that a podcast like that is possible, or I mean, you at least got us over the line. So first of all, it's a, a thank you uh, for being in this community and contributing, but also yeah, just a chance to uh, shine a spotlight on what you guys are doing in our community as people who are also creating content. So maybe we can give some love back to you from uh, from 8-Bit Nation. So uh, yeah. What what brought you to I guess sign up and, and get behind what's happening in eight bit? Yeah. Uh, to start off, uh, so I've I've known you, Jono, for what? It's probably been the better part of like two years now. Sounds right. Yeah. Y- yeah. And so uh, I think I first heard about you on uh, I think you were on Colin's podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, I really took a liking to you, uh, the style and the way you uh, present yourself on the podcast. And so I started listening to your own content, and uh, I mean just like any anything else like or every everything else i was listening to you became a part of uh like the podcasting mythos for me personally you came up you know your voice became a part of my routine like a lot of other podcasts but um but the way you interview i liked in particular and it actually 
you know, the way you interview and alongside Colin has a pretty big influence on the way I interview myself too. So, um, it's cool. you know, and that, yeah. And that way, uh, you guys are kind of, or you're kind of part of my podcasting journey. Uh, so I was more than happy to uh, support you guys on Patreon and uh, I love what you guys do. Yeah. Thanks. And Anthony, I feel like this is not just, uh, this is not just me saying like, tell me how great I am. I'm hoping that. Uh, no, 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 absolutely uh, <laughs> not. It's my pleasure. Man. Listen up, Jono. You're yeah. the bee's knees, you son of a bitch. So Jono, you're actually the reason why I'm, I'm even part of the 8-bit cast, um, uh, you know, Patreon. But the greatest thing about that is, is, is it sounds like, oh, I'm only in here for Jono. I'm only in here for Jono. Jono, you give me a platform to talk about stuff and I'll always be forever grateful. Hmm. But by, by, meeting you and talking to you well proverbially meeting you you know via the internet um whether it was kind of funny or seeing you with uh with colin moriarty it, it kind of opened me to this world of the you know 8-bit collective i knew nothing about 8-bit before I, I knew you but once you joined it it opened my eyes to what 8-bit's doing what, what with the hungry gamers the 8-bit cast and uh i want to say what was it the mario one that you guys have house as well? of mario yeah house of mario yeah house well, of true. mario house of mario art i mean it's 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 kind of weird because a lot of us who are part of this are also kind of funny best friends. So mm, yeah, um, like I, I don't mean to, to like totally plug out kind of funny on your podcast, but in a way like they're responsible for, for me meeting the blunt of uh, you awesome Australians. Cause uh, yeah, I don't know. Australia pumps out some of the best fucking shit. Hands like houses. <laughs> what was it? No effects. No, no, yeah, no effects. I'm hands sorry. Like and, houses. <laughs> what was the band? Jonah, you know what band it is? Not no effects. Wow. I, I'm so uh, sorry. Parkway drive. Messing. Parkway drive is from Australia. Parkway drive. Yes. Friends will roam. No, well, what was the band that did that 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 singing competition? Uh, NSX. Green Spoon? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Inex, uh, <laughs> oh, NXS. Yeah. I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah, yeah, NXS, NXS, yeah. With Michael Hutchins. Yeah, 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 NXS. You know, like, Australia just pumps up some of the best shit. You got drop bears. You got koalas. You got kangaroos that take a dog by the, you know, chokehold them, and then some dude's got to go up and punch it. No American's going to go punch a kangaroo. Are you fucking kidding me? But, <laughs> yeah. So, but eight, the 8 the bait cast uh, a bit collective is just something that that kind of brought in my horizons to something and to to a lot of new people a lot of awesome people doing really awesome stuff um whether you're australian american or whatever mm. um the a bit collective is putting out content that's pretty much fucking grade a and a, a lot of it really starts off with your podcast because the first time i ever listened to your podcast jono i was blown away by the production value the sound value um and, and i was just like holy shit like how does this guy do this and he makes it sound so good. You're on the same level as, as Ben from Tourette's podcast. You're on the same level as kind of funny, uh, you know, content kind of funny podcast. You're on the same level as, as top tier podcast. And that's really what got me into it. And and you know what? Next up, congratulations on getting your comedy rewind. Congratulations. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Congratulations, man. That's so I, awesome. I hope, you've, uh, I hope you've been enjoying it so far. It's, it's re been really fun to do. And uh, I'm looking forward to just getting more people, including we've got a few patrons out there lined up to be guests as well so that's gonna oh, be right a on, lot man. of fun hell yeah you want to know how my podcast sounds so good we're powered by audio technica i gotta say that <laughs> <laughs> listen that was a perfect plug you know what i did jono you, you, you i i don't know if if like volleyball is really big in australia but i know in like some you places me like men's volleyball is really big but i threw that ball up and it was really high up. And I said, Jono. And you came from the back. And, like, shush, shush, shush. and you jumped up in all your glory. Sweat glistening off your body. You said, Rrr. and the other team was like, no. You just slammed that fucking ball down. Yeah. The ref goes, one point. You got it. We won, Jono. We won it. We lift you up on our shoulders. You've Jono, been served. Jono. 
Joe, no. Everybody goes fucking wild. Am I Val Kilmer or Tom Cruise in this scenario? Uh, you're Brad Pitt, bro. You're Brad Pitt. Don't don't sell yourself short. Okay, you're Brad Pitt. He, he wasn't in Top Gun, but I'll, I'll take. He was Legends in Top Gun, of the bro. Fall. Legends of Top Gun. Top Gun can get out of here, bro. Top Gun's cool and all. Listen up. Side note. Top Gun 2. I hope it's Tom Cruise waking up. <gasps> it was all a dream. Goose is still alive. <laughs> so full disclosure, I've never seen Top Gun. Uh, dude, you know never what? Seen what? It. I haven't seen Top Gun either. I just know all the, <laughs> the references. The references. Same. That's what <laughs> the Guys, internet is. You're trying to tell me right now your parents didn't watch Top Gun in front of you when you were four and you got to see all these awkward no. sex scenes in front of them. <laughs> no. That did no, not but my parents, my parents did encourage me to watch Pulp Fiction when I was nine years old. So there's that. Which is it's a great, That's great good. fucking movie. Great parents. I had responsible parents, so that never happened with me. <laughs> my parents, dude, my parents were like responsible, or those movies were banned in Australia. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's a, a good segue, I guess. You know, we've got three people here from three different uh, locales. I'm in Australia, obviously Melbourne area. We've got Colin up in Seattle. And Anthony's in, I can only assume, some kind of desert. Sunny no. California. No, no, no. Uh, Sonora, California. We're up in like the mountains. We're right. probably like two hours from Sacramento. I mean, if you really want to put like, mm-hmm. a landmark on it. Two hours north of Sacramento? Uh, two hours south of Sacramento, I would say. But we're, we're like in the Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. So, you know, Colin knows. West Coast, best coast, baby. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've only been here a year, man. I'm still learning. All right. But it is best You're coast, man. I love it. Washington here. is like one of the most beautiful states ever. So it's ridiculous. It's stupid how beautiful it is. As an outsider to Seattle, moving there, Colin, and what's the kind of Amazon Starbucks imprint culture like? Is it is, is that a big part <laughs> of living there? Because that's one of the, it, just the icons that I see in my head when I think of Seattle. Um, I, dude, honestly, it's it's quickly becoming Amazon City. You can't you can't avoid Starbucks. You can't avoid Amazon. You can't avoid Microsoft either. People forget about Microsoft, but yeah, that's here too. Hmm. Um, Jono, just, how the hell are you going to just gloss over twilight? That was in Washington as well. And how yeah, that was the first over twilight. <laughs> how are you going like to gloss four, over four twilight? Hours away. Quite easily. It's like yeah. four hours away from me in rural in rural bumfuck nowhere, Washington. My God. Uh, <laughs> Jono, Jono, before this podcast started was like, I'm going to slap Anthony in this face and not bring up twilight. I'm just going to slap him in his face. <laughs> oh man. We don't talk about twilight. All right. But Seattle, no, otherwise like Seattle is a really cool city. It changes all the time. Like it, it, it's quickly changing. Uh, there's tons of video game developers here, which is super crazy. I, yeah, I mean, I cool. run into people from from Sucker Punch, from Nintendo, from Xbox, from Facebook Gaming, from you name it. All right, yeah, it, like all sorts of amazing, amazing game uh, game industry people uh, live here. And so, yes, Amazon is very much present, and it's in like the north side of Seattle and South Lake Union, and it's it's an entire town in and of itself. Amazon yeah. is definitely huge to people are people like non-amazon people down on amazon's impact on the city because i imagine like i know that for example san francisco's had a bit of resistance to a lot of those like silicon valley like the way that the tech industry has kind of changed a city that they'd been existing in for a long time before those companies came in and changed everything yeah um it's definitely a big love hate relationship with amazon here uh people love the fact that they can get same day shipping (laughs) (laughs) um and i am guilty uh i definitely love the insane convenience you have here in seattle you could honestly you could live to where like you never have to leave your apartment anymore if you have the money like you could have everything you could ever need delivered right to your door Mm. it's it's ridiculous um 
but on the flip side, you know, people, people call like tech industry people and Amazon people around here, they call them tech bros. Uh, that's like the, 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 uh, derogatory term yeah. and <laughs> yeah, the tech bros. Yeah. Tech bros. Uh, and a lot of people really, really don't like it. Like, uh, some people are like, you know, the, the culture of Seattle is, is just, it's dead and gone. Like Seattle just isn't this, like, it's not really the Seattle, a lot, especially a lot of the older people know anymore. Uh, you know, cause it's, it's a far cry from the grunge, yeah. grungy era of the nineties. It's 90s. not it's, Seattle anymore. No, so, not at all. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even recognize it. Tech bro is the funniest it. term. Tech bro is like, oh my God, you're a tech bro. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a really shitty term for someone who makes 150 K a year. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit so that's that that's the thing so so also so with amazon yeah you do have those higher up people that do make a metric fuckload of money mm-hmm. but you also have the warehouse workers the warehouse workers are basically what make everything makes everything tick when it comes to people getting their packages on time Indentured servants exactly and so they work in these big ass warehouses and i don't know if you guys saw in the news media like a few weeks ago but amazon was getting shit on because of the way that they treat their warehouse workers I did see on like Twitter this week, <laughs> all these like f- basically fake accounts of people saying like, I like to work at Amazon. Amazon treat me good. I get bathroom yeah. breaks. <laughs> and it's like, Jeff yeah. Bezos is like, unleash the bots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, all that shit came out and, and it was actually crazy how much the protests, cause there was a giant like warehouse worker protest at Amazon, uh, like a couple days after all that shit came out. And it was to the point where, like, people were absolutely not getting packages on time, getting packages that were poorly packed, like, or just not getting their packages at all. That was certainly a thing that was happening. I, I remember the day after, it, it, like, the news broke that there was going to be a protest. I had ordered a PlayStation Classic because they were on sale for 20 bucks, and they sent me <laughs> yeah. the PlayStation Classic without a box. Oh, my God. It didn't even come in a box. They put, they put the shipping label directly on the box of the damn PlayStation Classic. <laughs> And just put it at my door. <laughs> I'm like, wow, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I've given up. Uh, but at the same time, like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, fuck the system. Fight for your rights to, you know, your workers' rights. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Mm. Is basically what I'm getting, what it comes yeah. down to. I guess I kind of woke up to, like, the magnitude of the company quite recently. Because I have a friend who was working in Melbourne in IT. And he was headhunted to move to Seattle to start up a program, like a software program. It sounds similar to, like, the Apple... Um, I can't remember what it's called with Apple, but basically where they take people's complaints and deal with them, like customer service. Yeah, it's it's like a customer. They're the service genius pro- bar. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, and it was Amazon's version of that, and he was setting up, I guess, the IT component of it, and they were happy to like contact him from Melbourne and pay for him to relocate, rather than I'm imagining there are qualified people in America to do it. It just shows that, like they had the the budget to do that get the best person for the job i guess rather than someone uh, who could just fill the position locally oh yeah it's it's definitely uh they they definitely have the fuck you money to do stuff mm. like that that's for sure like it, amazon is such just a massive massive corporation and it like you can't escape amazon's presence man but the thing is Amazon is such a big company that depending on the department in which you work, it just it feels like an entirely different place that you work at. Um, so it, that's the thing is like you get hired by Amazon. It could be in their video game studio, but it could be in their warehouse and it could be two completely different experiences. So there's that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure Anthony likes getting his packages on time. 
<laughs> Motherfuckers, guys. I live in Sonora. My packages are two days shipping at the least. They're like two days shipping. I get that shit four days. And I'm like, Amazon, what are you doing? What is you doing? The real thing, though, in this area is Apple. So in uh, San Jose, you know, Vallejo, all that, we have, we have Apple. But I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> guys, I'm one mug wine deep. I'm feeling saucy. I just want to throw that out there. But check it out. So for any good company to really thrive, you need cheap labor, which is really shitty, especially in America. There shouldn't be this sort of cheap labor, this sort of like all these horror stories that, that you hear from Amazon, um, you know, warehouses. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh, well, I have to pee in a bottle because I have to hit a certain amount of, you mm. know, packages shipped. But Amazon is huge. Amazon is pretty much to the point where it's too big to fail because Amazon has sort of become the new U.S. Postal Service in a way. Now, you've got the kind U.S. Sorta, Postal yeah. Service, which, which still, like, delivers stuff. But, I mean, like, on a per capita, when you're coming to actual package, packaged goods – I would say Amazon is killing the postal service. Now, don't fact check me because I'm probably wrong. Well, if you well, fact check me, you hit me up at Twitter on Dad Bod Plays. I'm gonna laugh at you. I'm gonna laugh emoji you. I'm gonna laugh emoji. I'm gonna hit you with the stars emoji, heart emoji, laugh emoji, and then I'm gonna say you poo. But it's just one of those wild things that just kind of happens when you get to, with companies so big. Now, Amazon, I, you know, obviously they're a global company. But uh, it, it's it's just wild because, like, what's the fix for this? Is there a fix? What is the fix? Can Amazon afford to pay their warehouse employees more? Fuck yes. It's a multi-trillion multi dollar company. And they should be paying their warehouse workers more because, I mean, the warehouse workers are doing the blunt of the work. If you don't have the warehouse workers, you have absolutely nothing. It's true. Nothing. Yeah. It's the fucking I, truth. I guess they have a lot of years of where they didn't make any money to make up for. Is that right? Amazon is a company, yeah. Well, Jeff Bezos is like, I, I lost tons yeah. of money in my, you know, foyer, in my common room when I was just on this, you know, Mac computer going beep, 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 beep with my drivers. I don't know where I was going with this, but anyways, what's <laughs> going on? Anthony, I'll give you something that you can talk about without kind of petering out halfway through give me you work at a casino right oh my god jono have i got the stories for you i want to hear some <laughs> casino stories i want to yes. hear what it's like to work in the casino i want to know what shady stuff goes down in there this is why you get paid the big bucks because you are the curator of all curators so jono first and foremost you guys you guys have casinos in australia right mm -hmm. crown casino okay now are they like Casino casinos or are they card rooms with a couple slot machines here and there? Or are they like these big grand casinos with, you know, slots? They've got table games. They've got yeah. poker. They, okay. We so, have like licenses where like the state of Victoria where I live has only, there's only one casino license and it's for the Crown Casino in Melbourne. And then I think there's a couple others in different, you know, different cities. We probably only have like half a dozen across the whole country. Okay. So, so I, I work for, um, a casino called Black Oak Casino, one of the best casinos I've ever worked at. Black Oak um, Casino. And, and, and I, I... How many casinos have you praise. worked at? That's high praise. I've worked at four casinos. So I've worked at Black Oak. Oh, I've shit. At Chansey, I've worked at Chicken Ranch. And I've worked at Tachi Palace. And are these and, all uh, like Native American-owned yes, reservations? Yes, yes. They, yeah. they are Native American-owned casinos um, run in the state of California. So real quick question, though. Your casinos in Australia, are they... And, you know, like native owned when it comes to like the indigenous no, people. No, definitely or... not. We don't okay. have any okay. kind of arrangements like that. 
That's wild. Your indigenous people need to get on that shit because they go <laughs> make that money. They go make that money. You know what? I just think I found my multi-million dollar corporation. Hey, Jono, see you in Australia soon when I get these indigenous people to make a casino and be making that money. Hit me up. Hit me up. Twitter, Dad's Bears Nerds, yeah. fmfrontman at yahoo.com. Hit me up. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to make Damn. some money. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> Anthony, Anthony, so what, what, do you, what do you do with these casinos? What, what have you done? So one of the best jobs I've ever done at any casino is actually the job I did before this one, which was a casino host, which basically I was a liaison between the VIP, uh, like casino, mem- like like the the guests that would come in and the casino. So I would book hotel rooms, you know, I I, I would book dinners at our like fine dining restaurant, um, and I would make sure that, that they were taken care of. It was hands down one of the best jobs ever. I would get to golf four to five times a year as work. Um, we would do our own oh, like shit. golf tournaments, but uh, they would send me to other golf tournaments and just, just be like, "Hey, uh, pick three guests and go golf, and that's your day of work." And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> thank you, I will." Oh but shit! Right now, w- right now, what what I work is I work at a casino called Black Oak Casino, probably one of the best casinos in Southern or you know, I would say Northern California, Mid California. Um, not only does it pl- pay its employees impeccably. Uh, you know, like we get full benefits, stuff like that. Um, obviously, Black Oak isn't paying me to say this, but it's <laughs> it, 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 it's this is my third time at Black Oak working there. So it's obviously a casino that has taken care of me in the past where I, I, I have been willing to take the risk to, you know, like support my family, stuff like that. My wife works there now, but uh, I, I work in a, a spot called Compliance and we're basically the liaisons between the federal government and the casino we make sure everybody is concurrent with their policies and procedures set by the compact with the uh, state of california and the federal government stuff like that so that's boring but let's get to some fun stories folks (laughs) so your boy in 2007 was a bravo that's a slot attendant i'm over there i'm cashing out tickets i'm paying jackpots but guess what one day i'm walking the floor i see some old dude taking a chair out for his for his elderly wife who's in a wheelchair and a gun falls out of his jacket <laughs> what are you doing california what kind of gun are we TGA. talking about? like a snub nose like we're talking lethal weapon 2 we're talking like <laughs> the, like oh, a predator no- 2 <laughs> wow so i go to tg i'm not tg at the time this is this is this is anthony in his prime this is the emo scene kid anthony <laughs> in oh, his shit. prime i'm picturing gerard way I go to TG at the time, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll send you guys pictures later. I'll DM you. Um, so I go to, like, the TG at the time, and I'm like, hey, just as a heads up, I just saw a gun fall out. It's a much different time, though. Like, like it's not – we don't have all these mass shootings that are in the you know the public eye, stuff like that. And they just handle it. And not, like, later on, I'm asking, like, hey, what happened? And, like, oh, retired sheriff. Uh, we just asked him to put his gun back in his car. Cool. So if those of you don't know, like, if you if – you, like – Get to the point in the United States where you're a sheriff, you're carrying a gun on you 24-7, regardless of whether you're retired or you're on duty. Hmm. Or if you're in a casino. So, can you, yeah, well, can, I mean, like, like, like it was care. just one of those things that was, like, happenstance. But but this, like, old guy, obviously this old dude, this 90-year-old dude with his 90-year-old wife isn't going to do anything. They're just like, hey, put it in your back in your car. We're good. Resume gambling. California is like super crazy like that. Can I ask some questions about this? Like, what's the carrying law in California? Because I know some states, it's like you can kind of just walk around with guns. 
Yeah, no, California no, no, no. So in ca- yeah, yeah, in California, like if you want to carry, I think you need a concealed carry. I'm I'm not like super privy on the carrying laws, but California is super what I like left leaning. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't follow yeah. politics very much, but like you can't just open carry in California and like get around. It's not like Texas. It's not like those kind of like mid like America states. Sure, uh, sure. You definitely if you if you want to carry with you, you, you need to have a concealed carry permit, and even then, like. Check it out. So our casinos, like we're sovereign land. So if we say you can't carry in the casino, you can't carry in the casino. Sure. We, and, yeah. and if you say, well, well, like we come up to you and we're like, hey, like we know you got a gun. We know you're not doing anything stupid. But we need you to put in your car. And you say no. Then we say, well, kick rocks. Have a good night. Yeah. Like we're sovereign land. We're, we're, we're federally recognized, state recognized. Like there, there's nothing you can do about it. We can kick you out. Yeah, it's so it's so foreign to me <laughs> because we don't we don't have guns over here. I, I I just want to state though, like like this what we're talking about, like since two thousand six, I've never seen this again in any casino I've ever worked in. This isn't something that pops up. California isn't the state where like everybody's fucking carrying an illegal gun. Mm. Like it it's right. something it's it's few and far between. Like. Especially where I live, there are a lot of people in this county where I live, Tuolumne County. They they own guns. They practice proper gun safety. They teach their children proper gun safety. It's not a state like where I'm at is in the place where like there's you know these random shootings and stuff like this. It it it's it's pretty niche. Hmm. Like it, it's a small town. It's got its normal crime rate. It's got its normal drug rate. It's got normal stuff. But it, like we don't have this crazy crime rate because we're teaching. You know, our children, we're teaching our people, like, proper gun laws, proper gun, like, procedures. This is how you use a gun. Respect it. Like, if I buy my children a knife, I'm telling them, like, listen, like, this is your first pocket knife. This isn't a weapon. This is something for you to hold on your side to use in a utility purpose. If you, like, crash your car, you flip, cut yourself out of that seatbelt, get out of there. Like, that's the kind of thing. I'm not saying, hey, use that knife to stab people. That's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's just not how it works. Like, proper gun gun safety and, and you know proper gun procedure is being taught to our children here. Where at like it, it it's just something wild. But I mean, how did we get on this topic? What yeah. am I doing? <laughs> with trailed my off life? for casi- <laughs> casino. So there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but there is. I, I'm so just saying, th- Black Oak Casino is one of the best right. casinos you could ever come to ca- in California. <laughs> if you're in California, specifically Sonora, California, go to Black Oak. Check it out. It's awesome. It's fun. Come say hi to me. Uh, if you name drop me, I work Grave Shift. Name drop me. I'll come out. I'll hug you. I'll say hi. Like, it'll be a good time. Come gamble. Come say hi. Let's have a drink. There'll be no guns there either. Good, good shit. Good shit. So I have a question <laughs> yeah. for you, Anthony. <laughs> yes, so, yes. So, so can you... So as someone who has worked behind the scenes for a long time in, in, in casinos, like, so what, what is it like being like being behind the scenes, like knowing the inner workings of a casino? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I know so much that I cannot divulge, but, uh, um, yeah. Tell it, tell us the, tell us well, the, like, uh, the like, like public es- especially version with, with the job that I, that I have, I, 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 I am in a spot where I know a lot of key information on not necessarily how like with my specific casino but how casinos in general work i can't talk mm. about a lot of yeah. this stuff but like dude if you want to know what like really wild job living is like you work at a casino because you're gonna see a little bit of everything like i work grave shift so i'm seeing a ton a ton of crackheads i'm seeing these people who are like oh. coming in spun out of their minds and it's wild 
Are they allowed in like, there? I mean, like they're spending money. If, if we don't know you're on heroin, then right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> like we don't know yeah. you're on it. Just don't be an idiot. Yeah. Like, but I mean, California, like, in, realistically, is such a. I want to say like such a lenient state. Like, if you're in my casino and I know you're doing stupid shit, I'm gonna kick you out because I I I I'm in a position where I can tell someone mm. we need to get that person out of here. Like, it's it's not an if and or but. It's a no. They're out. They're gone. And, and you know, I've in, been in the casino in the casino industry ten plus years. You know, I've worked my way to this position. So. But I mean, it takes a lot to get kicked out of a casino. You got to be really doing some stupid shit. Like real talk, you have to be really doing some stupid shit to get kicked out of a casino. I gotta ask. Like, <clears throat> I gotta ask a question. Yeah. O- Ocean's Eleven. No. Could never. It, that would never happen. Not in a million years. Jonah, we have some of the best. Some of the best surveillance systems i can spot someone getting a blowjob in a car in a parking garage from a shitty camera you oh think you're gonna God. come in and you're gonna get in our vault and steal millions worth of money you're fucking insane my, you're my insane que- <laughs> my question was gonna be if i was putting together jono's 11 you know <laughs> jono's 11 i've got, <laughs> I've got colin there you know <laughs> i've got uh, I've got my friend Jack. You know he's there. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't even make the, it. You wouldn't make it past the know, doors. I want to know if, if I if I had Anthony Florida on in my my Jono's Eleven, would you know enough of the secrets to like make it so that we could pull something off? I'm not talking like we robbed the bank, the casino blind, but could we get away with yeah. something? Jono, let's just say if I go to another casino and even in in another state. And, and like I've had this happen, like friends have had this happen to them in casinos where like something will happen and they're like, oh yeah, well, yeah, like that's blah, 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 blah. And they're like, how the fuck do you know that? And they'll kick you out. <laughs> if you work in a casino in general, if you go to another casino, you never divulge that you work at another casino because you have inside information to how <laughs> casinos work as a whole. Regardless of what state you're in and what that state's agreement is with uh, like just, you know, the federal government and their state, you don't divulge it. Like I don't go to other casinos and say, "Oh yeah, my name's Earth. Oh, we're gonna go to another casino." They're like, uh, "You need get to get out. the fuck out," yeah. because you know too much. You know too much. Especially if I, if I divulge like where I work, like it's not something that we go around people who work in casinos and be like, "I work in a casino." If you work in a casino and you're saying you work in a casino, you're like a beverage server. Yeah. You work in the cafe. <laughs> you work in the food like part of it. You don't go. I'm not going around and be like, "I know the inner workings of how a casino works." And they're like, "Yeah, that's cool. Get the fuck out." <laughs> so can you tell us what you know? that would make them kick you out or is that the inner stuff no, that you're not allowed to yeah okay i can't okay so but jono it- jono that was a great try it was a great try jono i swear to god if this were to get me fired i'm coming to australia you gotta hire me at my current salary can i can i try so so if i word it this way so can you tell us something about a casino that the normal casino goer wouldn't really know but should know Absolutely nothing makes money other than slots. Right. Everything in a, everything in a casino other than slots is there to keep you there gambling. That's it. That's all I can tell you. It's what, so the everything other than slots is supposed to keep you there gambling. I mean like so slot machines is what makes money in a casino. There is if you look at any other department they're not making money for the casino. It's all Really? So blackjack Texas Hold'em, none of it? No. Really? 
Okay. That's crazy. That so is that why like casinos are like ninety fucking percent slot machines? <laughs> I, well, yeah, M- no lie. That's that's one hundred percent why casinos are ninety ninety percent. Okay, so working as a casino host, I got to see the like the rate of how someone would earn a comp based off of slot play, and then based off of table games play, and it is night and day. So. The only time you're going to earn a lot of money, like comp wise in casino play, playing table games is if you're playing like, so first off, you would have to make an agreement with the casino. And this is, this is no trade secret. Like everybody knows this. There's a lot of people who are wells at like Vegas who talk about this. You know, Phil Ivy talks about this. There's a whole 60, 60 minutes that's on this. Like you have to, like, if you are a well at a casino, you play poker, blackjack, three card poker, you know, Spanish po- 21 pie gal. A well. What you know, what does a well mean? What's what's a well? So a, a a well is someone in is someone who comes in that they know has millions of dollars to spend that they are willing to take a risk mm. on no to shit. make money off of. Now, a well did this is literally a coin flip. Boom. You guys saw that. I flipped my thumb. Boom, like a coin flip. <laughs> I just want the people to know audio version wise. Um, so a well is someone who comes in and says like, like that can prove it. You have to have collateral with the casino. You have to have some sort of a, like you have to have a camaraderie with this, this casino. You've been in there before. They know how much money you make. They, they know how much money they can credit you. So like Phil Ivy, one of the most prolific poker, like Texas Hold'em poker players in the world. Okay. He has collateral in most major casinos across the U S shit maybe even uh like across the world like he is literally that big and they know that when he comes in he's gonna play like quite possibly you know hundreds of thousands if not millions and they know that their odds are stacked against them because everybody knows the casino the odds are stacked against the player everybody knows that this right. is no trade right. secret this is no right. trade secret this this, this is no if you go to a casino thinking you're going to make money, you're a fucking fool. So <laughs> I went to a casino and made money. It happened. Well, I mean, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I have seen players that just like luck is is literally like some weird quantifiable like trait to certain people. Certain people have luck, and it makes no sense. But working in this industry for as long as I as I've worked, like I, I see it as, as like an RPG where you get to pick. Like if you're playing Skyrim, <laughs> or if you're playing some RPG where you get to pick your stats. Like there are some people who no lie have like this ungodly amount of luck, which makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's like only you have this luck. And I would say like 1% of Americans have this kind of luck. So I'm just talking American. I'm not even talking worldwide. So, but these wells, they come in, they say, Hey, listen, if you're a big time player at these casinos, let's say Harris, Vegas, Tahoe, all that jazz. And they know you're going to come and spend millions. Like you can actually like negotiate terms on blackjack tables, pie gal tables, three card, fo- three card poker, four card poker, stuff like that. No but shit. No, no, this is legit. You can look it up. This is common knowledge. You can Google this, but you can, you can negotiate terms and terms like, in hey, what way. Um, okay. So Phil Ivy can go into, uh, so I'm going to use uh, like hi- hypothetical. I don't, I don't believe the gold nugget exists anymore in Vegas, but let's say the gold nugget is still existed. He could go into the gold nugget. They know him. They know how much money he spends. He's got a credit limit with them. Hey, I'm Phil. I want to come in. Uh, I'm going to play pie gal. I want to play uh, eight hands at once at 1000 per hand. Well, they know the odds are 
eight hands at once at a thousand per hand, they're going to make money off of him. But there is a chance they don't. There is a chance that he makes money off of them. You know, it's just like with roulette. You can bet however much money you want on one particular number, and you can hit it. Luck's still a factor, but the skews are in the house's favor. Of course. So, so, I mean, if you're a well, they want you to come in. Like, Actually, to be honest, the best example I can give you is the show Casino. There was an older show. I think it was on TBS, TNT. I may be wrong, but there's like multiple examples of that. But if if you have money and they can prove that you have money, you come in and play. You can kind of condition terms a little bit in your favor, but it's not going to be completely in your favor. You're still probably oh, going to lose, not. but the odds that are are there that you'll win. But yeah, dude, <laughs> casinos are wild. It's the most wild industry I've ever worked in my life, ever. Anthony, Anthony, ever. Anthony, you didn't answer my question before. I don't even remember if, what the question if was. If Jono's eleven was going into a casino, you would we, you would never we, no, no, get no. past. You would, would get you, past the front door. You would never get anywhere past that. Would Jonah. you? Would having you on our team help? Is what I, is my absolutely my question. not. You got to okay. understand. <laughs> casinos have some of the most high tech, some of the best surveillance systems you will ever see in your life. Are we talking like microscopic hidden cameras? No, 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 no hidden cameras. Come on, Jonah. We're not watching people in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just saying that we have some. Like we can, Jono. If you want to come in and you want to flip a coin in America. And you're flipping an Australian coin. We'll be able to tell you the denomination of that coin. So don't be coming in here. Don't be coming into my casino, Jono, because I'll catch you. I'll be like, Jono, what the fuck are you? Don't you be oceans Jonoing my casino, Jono. <laughs> don't you be coming in. But then Jono, guess what? Spoiler alert. I go, Jono, though. You know what? Thank you for coming in here. Check this out. I got you a room. I got you some food. This is Jono Peck. <laughs> Put it in work pot. Comedy Rewind? <laughs> you don't know who this is? It'd be a pretty fun like <laughs> experiment to go in there and be like, we're going to try and rob the casino. We're not actually going to rob anything. We just want to see if it's possible. Like, Jono, no, if you no ever come to the States, <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. Jono, if you, e- I don't know if you've been here before, but if you ever come here again, twice. I swear to God, if you don't come to California, I will find you in Australia. <laughs> I will find you. Jono, you come to, you come to California? Regardless of a hotel, you can stay at my place. Jono, I will cook you food. I will wait on you. Jono, I will be your butler. Jono, you've given me right. so much in this community, in this podcast space, in the fucking Tourette's space, whatever. Jono, I owe you. I owe I mean, you. I you got don't, you. You don't owe me anything. You, you've given me friendship. Bring the it's wife. The greatest gift of all. Bring the kid. I don't bring the dog, Jono. I got you. I got I have, you. I've been to America three times, if you include Hawaii. Uh, 2010. <laughs> There's a there's a very good picture of Jono looking very satisfied with a burrito. Yeah, that's right. Jono, Jono, you come to California, you come to California, I will take you to places no tourist in California gets to see. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've been to and LA. It's not my bedroom. Zane. I've been to San Diego, San Francisco, LA. That's my California. Oh, those are great. If you trips. like looking at the ocean, Jono, your whole country surrounded by ocean. Jono, why would you want to look at ocean? You don't you go got to LA ocean and already. Not look at the ocean. Jono, you got ocean already. I will take you to places where you'll be like, "Holy shit, where is my place in the cosmos?" Jono, I will, I will break your mind, and I will, I will rebuild you, what? and you'll be saying things <laughs> like, happening. "G Wilkers, folks." You know, uh, you'll be saying like the most whitest things in the world. Jono, you go back to Australia, you won't even have an accent. You won't even have an accent. You'll be like, "G Wilkers, folks." That Garfield comic in the Daily News is really great, right? I feel like that's me already. I don't know why I'm going to to wherever you are to have that experience 
I'm saying, come to California, Jono. I'll take care of you. I'll okay. take care of you. So, so can I can I talk about one more thing on the topic yes. of casinos, Anthony? Yeah, sure. Yes. So I'm going to tell you uh, the short story of the one and only time I ever went to a casino. And this was my experience. So I went to a casino in downtown Detroit, Michigan. And Detroit is a shithole, FYI. I hate God, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Detroit is awful. But I live I lived in northern Ohio, and that was the nearest casino to me, other than Toledo. But Toledo's casino is terrible, apparently. So when I, on the way to this casino, I, d- I told myself that I wanted to play blackjack. I'd never played blackjack before at, in a casino at a table or anything like that, like actual real blackjack. And I didn't fucking realize that there was like a whole thing to blackjack. Like you need to know the hand signals. You need to know what to say, when to say it. Who the fuck you're talking to? Like, oh, it's by the way, whole... we know when you're card counting. We know when you're card counting. Yeah, Get trust the fuck me. I didn't. I didn't, fu- I didn't fucking <laughs> attempt to card card count. Besides, I'm terrible at math. <laughs> so me too. math is hard. <laughs> also words. Yeah, also words. So I went to this casino. Ended up playing slots because I was there with a few families or part, uh, members of my family, and uh, and then ended up winning like 200 bucks at slots which is great, held on to that, didn't touch it, and then went to the blackjack table and waited for, like, a fucking hour for a table. And this was for, like, the low-entry table because, you know, I don't, I'm not made of money, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of money at this fucking table. Um, so this table goes from a $5 buy-in after these people were playing to a fucking $25 buy-in, and I only have $50 left to play. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Because I'm not for the life of me touching that two hundred dollars. That was food for the next two weeks for me back at back in back at college. Um, so I go to play this table. They switch it to a twenty five. I said, "Fuck it! I've been waiting here for like an hour. I'm gonna play this table. What do I do? I play two hands, and then I'm out of money." <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go? So yeah, and I just I, but the entire way to the to the casino. On the way to Detroit, I had about two hours. What I did is I downloaded Blackjack onto my phone, taught myself how to play Blackjack properly on the way, and then taught myself all of the hand motions and what the best strategy is for betting. Nice. I learned that all within three hours, and I was super proud of myself. <laughs> my my gambling experience is pretty much limited to video games. I, I, I yes. do a bit of uh, you know poker in Red Dead. The 8-Bit Collective got together when they patched it in recently. And there was like five of us playing poker. It was pretty fun for a couple of hours. Oh, dude, that sounds fun as hell. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And, you know, Anthony, the closest thing to us visiting your casino might be the three of us just playing Red Dead poker together yeah. after this. L- but, listen, uh... <laughs> if you if you want to know what it's like to gamble in California, you're going to want to buy GTA Five. You're going to download <laughs> it to the furthest download to the best update. And you're going to go in that casino. You're going to lose all your money. Yeah. Well, I, I pretty much went to I went to Las Vegas after kind of finding life three with my friend Jack, who's also in the Eight Bit Collective. You might know him from It Is What It Is or one of the other podcasts. He's, he's been on Comedy Rewind recently. But it was me and Jack in Vegas, and I don't gamble, so it was just me watching him lose all his money basically in like a hundred degree weather. So that's my experience of, of gambling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jono, who do I got to talk to to get my boy? george that guy george on house of mario because he's like our relative like nintendo guru yeah i'm like I mean, nintendo's cool i play mario kart 8 and they're like <laughs> mario kart 8 i'm like i'll oh, fuck your shit oh, i will punch your poo in i'll see what i can do i'll talk to the uh the, 
the presidents, the co-presidents of the House of Mario and see if I can uh, make a appeal. It's going to be like an embassy thing where like... Like, like a yeah. bill, like send a bill through the <laughs> through the House of Mario. Yeah, we'll get the, the foreign correspondent, the US correspondent to... to Colin, yeah. I just want to say like for everybody listening, like me, Jono, Colin are all in this video chat. Colin, you look like a boss drinking that whiskey, bro. You look like you fucking do this on the on, like you look like a champ. I, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you right now. I'm thinking, wow, my mug wine. <laughs> I remember my first beer, and I'm looking at you just drinking this whiskey, looking like a boss. Just looking like where someone who fucking puts. Just looking like someone who puts in the work. That's a good segue into what Colin does for a living. So you've just come home from a shift. It's I should say it was like eleven o'clock p.m. when you guys started this podcast but uh you've just finished your shift at a brewery right yeah man so uh today today was kind of a whirlwind i woke up so i worked last night at the brewery from 2 p.m to 10 p.m pacific and then came home had had something to eat went to sleep woke up i had to record a podcast this morning with uh Tadima, my terrace house podcast at 10 a.m this morning then right after that I had to speed off to work worked an eight-hour shift rushed home got on the mic now i'm here <laughs> so it's been a wild day man and then i gotta wake up again tomorrow real quick you and i have have similar similar like have similarities in this trade of beer i used to sell beer like craft beer yes so uh to talk about uh the brewery so i work at a brewery called optimism brewing company uh downtown seattle washington in the, the capitol hill area um, and it is the biggest tap room in all of Seattle. Uh, it is a 700 person capacity, uh, giant building. It used to be a car showroom. That's how big it is. Um, and the owners, uh, were ex Microsoft people and decided to, uh, buy this building that was condemned by the city and was about to be torn down. So they took okay. this car showroom, uh, and just decided to buy it and renovate it. And uh, now it is a fully functional brewery, and they brew all of their beer on site. That's which awesome. is pretty crazy. Because yeah, I found like it, the more the more decrepit a brewery looks, like the more kind of cool it is. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it's 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 rustic. It's hipster. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, it, and it, it's a really cool place. And and a lot you know a lot of the the people that come in, you know, when they see the place, they're like, you know, it's a really awesome place. Like, so what's the deal? Like, wh- who owns it? Like, what's how do they come to get to the place? And so the owners. Uh, where ex Microsoft people, what they did was they found founded a, a recipe site uh, called Recipe Bazaar, I think it was called, or Rep- Recipe Czar, and that website ended up getting bought by the Food Network. Wow. Yeah. Oh the food, shit. Yeah, the they they bought their website off of them at it after it grew in size. So I, from what I understand is they took that money and ended up buying out the place, and they com- they completely own this this huge brewery, and the property tax here in Seattle is fucking huge so to own, for them to own this building is like they have to have some serious money um yeah so they they renovated the place put a new roof on it uh gutted the interior put it like put a whole new interior in it bought all the brewery equipment and now we're a fully functional brewery that makes tens of thousands of dollars every night uh That's awesome. yeah yeah and it's, you like working it's a, there I, I do. I have I, I generally love working there. It's it's it, the job can be pretty repetitive um, and, and mentally draining in that way sometimes uh, because you're just you're you're dealing with people or just the tasks are just very uh, I mean, you're doing a lot of the same things, especially on a busy night. You're just pouring beer after beer after beer after beer after beer after beer after beer. After beer. 
Oh, and then you get to pour some more beer after that. Um, <laughs> but how much beer do you get to drink, though? Oh, so I so that's one of the perks of the job. Not only do they start us out at twenty bucks an hour, uh, they get we get free beer, like basically. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, we get bas- Yeah, basically free beer. Um, all the beer we could want, essentially. I mean, within reason, of course. But are you drinking during shifts, or is it when you knock off? Um. It's a little bit of both. Uh, every everyone on staff, like I mean, it's 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 one of those things you kind of got to keep it like low key that like yeah, that you're drinking. Yeah. So usually, like, well, so people will have pints in the back or whatever. Well, like so, it, it, um, it's no different than than a bartender being like when a guest gets a bartender a shot. You know, like most bartenders are are working yeah. buzzed. Yeah, I mean that's still uh, frowned upon in some sense, but it's like it's one of those things where like. I mean, it's just beer. Um, so unless you're just fucking downing pints all night, you're not gonna be. Yeah. You're not gonna be hammered. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I t- I, it's nice to have sometimes when it's it's just a ridiculously busy, busy night. Um, like we last month we had a 19k night, so we made nineteen thousand dollars in one night, which was insane. Um, that's just hundreds, like lying out the door all night, basically, is what that is. Um, is this like and- the the like the place to be at the moment or is it uh so we were rated so lyft like the like the like the uh the rideshare company lyft rated us the number one place to drink in seattle um, because they just have so many drop-offs there in front of the building uh yeah so i mean it's a popular place and it's in one of cap or one of the biggest or the uh most populous neighborhood in all of seattle uh Mm -hmm. and it's a brewery that's in a fantastic very central location uh in a place where that doesn't or an area of the city rather that doesn't have a whole lot of breweries uh there's places to drink but not breweries in particular so all the beer nerds flock there that are in the area yeah i know like portland's fairly well known for the kind of brewery culture is seattle a little similar being quite close yeah so in in uh the city of seattle we have over 80 breweries uh active breweries right now which which is crazy, but I think Portland actually has more. Uh, Portland actually beats us out, but uh, Washington is also the producer of seventy more than seventy percent of the nation's hops. Man. So, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Uh, so yeah, we definitely make a shit ton of money. We're a very popular spot, and I think part of it too is like people people have events there, like they schedule and reserve tables, and they have parties there because uh, you could just fit a shitload of people. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason why pe- people come in there and like, I wouldn't even say go as far as to say, like, I mean, we definitely have some like damn good beers, but not everything on the menu is just absolutely killer. I, th- I think part of, part of the reason why the place does so well is because of the ambiance and the amount of people you can fit in there and our service and our customer service and things like that. Uh, they're just the way we run cool. the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a damn cool place. Uh, so it sounds like I have to visit Anthony and then I have to visit you and then yes. I'm pretty much sorted for hospitality. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. You listen, you come to Seattle, man, you are definitely not going to go hungry or sober. <laughs> uh, true. I should have met you five years ago. <laughs> that kind of rings true for the whole West Coast. You're not going to go hungry or you're not going to go like sober. Like the, yeah. the, the whole yeah, West much. Coast beer wise is just killing it right now now granted a, a big thing people liked especially like a year ago were like new england ipas these hazy ipas um which i don't get it i don't get why that's a big thing because they're unfiltered and it's like our most popular beer on tap right now is uh be juicy which is our new england style hazy ipa so 
One of my favorite beers is done by one of the uh, the breweries that I used to distribute for was called Slow Brew over in San Luis Obispo, and it is a uh, mango squeeze like mango. Uh, it's not an IPA, but it's more like a Hefeweizen. Oh my Hefeweizen? god! It tastes, yeah. it tastes like a beer. It tastes like a beer mimosa. It tastes like mm. if you were to take orange juice <laughs> and 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 like Blue Moon, put them together. It tastes like that, but like natural, like legitimate beer. Dude, I, I love that shit. None of this sounds like beer. As an yeah, Australian, so, <laughs> most of us are just like, give me a lager, give me a draft. That'll, that'll it's be called, <laughs> I like to call it dangerous beer because you're going to drink. Yeah. It's like Midori Sours. You can have like 18 Midori Sours and all of a sudden it hits you and you're fucking dead. So, so John, let me ask you. So how many people do you get asking you if like Australians drink nothing but fucking Fosters? <laughs> Fosters. I mean, it's, it's that's not. Just, I know it's. I know it's completely untrue. That that's. It's that's mostly case, just people but. like uh, like Anthony that would make those kind of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Focus over there drinking Foster's. No, I mean, so I don't even know what the big Australian beer brands are. I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head if there's any big other than Foster's Australian beers that distribute over here. Okay. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I mean, we have a, a lot. I don't know which ones would make it overseas, but like Carlton Draft, and we have. Ugh, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to hazard to guess which ones you may or may not have heard of, but right, we make right. a lot. We make a lot, so wouldn't be surprised to see if they do make their way over there. Us West Coasters might have heard of it because, like, beer is this weird, especially on the West Coast. Like, it's this weird, like, not even like gateway, but it's it's this weird community of like beer and beer snobs and like even liquor stores are getting in on it. Like they're wise on it, but like good beer is selling and like obscure niche beer is selling. So like I had a liquor store in Visalia, California that like only sold particular kinds of beer because they knew they could sell it because people in Visalia, the beer snobs would come in and buy those directly from them. I had actually two liquor stores that would specifically sell these niche, these offshoot beers because they knew they could sell them. Like I'm sure Colin will, will admit to this, that like the most niche you can get, you're selling that batch. You're selling it. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So we have this, this is, and I excuse the lingo, John, if this is lost on you, but uh, so right now at, at optimism, we have on tab a beer that we call worlds of if, and what it is, is it is a barrel aged wheat wine slash Belgian sour. Uh, oh. so, yeah. And so when we aged it, we ate, we put it in whiskey or Buffalo trace bourbon barrels, aged it for 18 months with, with enough, basically enough space between the beer itself and the wall of the barrel to form a microbiome to have microorganisms start taking shape in the beer itself. So what you end up with is this tart, very like leathery tasting, like uh, just sharp and very alcohol heavy beer. And we sell, we sell an eight ounce pour for eight bucks, eight bucks. And people have been buying the shit out of it. Just love it. That's cheap. That's cheap. Firestone. Sells these twelve ounce bottles for fifteen dollars. That is cheap. I mean, I just bought this bottle of Shiraz for three dollars, and uh, that was, <laughs> was fine to me. So, I really yeah. don't have the most discerning palate when it comes to, to alcohol. Well, I was just gonna say, like, like you don't understand, like niche beer is niche. Like, there's no really science behind it. Like, it, you can release a niche beer and it sells, you, or you can release a niche beer and it doesn't. There's no, there's, there's no like. 
equation. It does or it doesn't. There's, mm. It's weird. The craft the industry, like in, the craft beer industry is so like it's so off the wall it's so random but like like colin said like like colin's brewery can release the most beautiful most fragrant most tasty beer in the world and it won't sell but then they're like we have this goose ipa and like people are like goose i love geese i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it and you're like it's, it's the kind fuck? of the fucking truth <laughs> anthony's kind of on the money man it's like it's 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 fucking crazy because it's like well i mean be juicy, which I referenced earlier, which is our hazy New England style. It like it sells like gangbusters, and it actually is a damn good beer. But then we have st- weird stuff like Worlds of If that that sells like crazy. And so here in Seattle, if you go to like a random gro- any given grocery store and you go to their beer section, which more than like places here in general just have decent beer selections because of the nature of the city. Dude, you're like in one of the best fifth- beer cities in the fucking world. You have the absolutely of beer calling. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's like 60, 70% IPAs is what you're seeing on the shelf, though. People love their India Pale Ales here, and it's kind of insane. Um, and I'm, I'm sure – so being from uh, California, Anthony, I'm sure you're well aware of, like, the hype behind, like, Pliny the Elder and Hetty Topper and shit yes. like that. Yeah. Th- so those two beers are hailed among beer nerds as, like, two of the greatest beers ever in the history of beer. <laughs> I actually have never had them myself. But that's just how crazy these IPAs go. People just go fucking crazy over them. And I came into into Seattle. I moved to Seattle, one of the biggest beer cities, hating IPAs. I can't fucking stand. <laughs> there, there, there are some good IPAs, but most IPAs are. Are, are rough. Like, now, listen, when I, I drink an so. IPA, I want to get drunk. It's a high alcohol content. It's like when I drink my mug wine, like, boys. <laughs> I'm not drinking this wine for the fucking taste. I'm trying to get drunk. <laughs> Boys, I'm trying to get it, that buzz. I I'm think it worked. That dragon. It sounds like it, it paid off for you. It's, it's, saying, it's like, working for some, you, man. There are some IPAs that are amazing, and there are some IPAs where I'm like, well, this is just a means to get buzzed. Exactly. I, well, I was going to say that, like, even though there's all these different styles of beer that I like now, and I mean, there's pretty much not a style of beer that I can't at least tolerate at this point. Uh, I'm just I'm not a beer snob. I will very much still buy the cheapest fucking beer on the shelf, like Natural Light, Bush Light, Old Milwaukee, fucking Fosters, whatever. I'll drink it, man. <laughs> like I don't care. It's, I mean, is it? If it's this cold. I'm I'm ready to crack a cold with the boys. It might be a Miller later, of course. I don't I'm care. Similar. Like I really don't have a discerning taste. I'm just happy. I, I like it all. Like whether it's like a spirit or wine or beer, like a cider. I love it. I'm just. I don't, I don't like drink in in, in like uh, what's the word? Like I don't I don't binge very often. That's a, a pretty rare thing for me. But uh, right, yeah, I do I do enjoy I do enjoy. And Anthony's wine mug is empty, which means we're at the end of the boys. Podcast. I got a whole another one waiting, <laughs> but I'm saving that for tomorrow when I stream. Yeah. But check okay, it out. But- I could go the second one, but then I'm going to be in the shower all night. Listen up. I just Jono, can I say something real quick? You can say whatever you got to say. Listen, if you're drunk and you feel the spins, you're like, I think I might puke. Go in the shower. It's the best place to be drunk. It's warm. <laughs> it's comfy. You can sit down. You can squat. It's my favorite place to be sloppy drunk. Not just the bath. Because we're just not. Don't slip. We're don't not slip. animals. We're no. not animals. The shower. <laughs> now, you may, depending on what you ate, have to scoop that shit from the drain 
to the toilet. Oh but you're taking oh, that Jesus fucking Christ. risk. You're taking that <laughs> risk. But guess what? Guess what? You're gonna be comfy. You're gonna be. You're gonna. You're gonna feel in a place of. This is home. Yeah. You don't want to be in the bath because if worst case scenario, you're like surrounded by everything that was inside your body up to that point. Jonah, one hundred percent. I want to, Jono. I have to ask you a question about uh, an Australian question. Okay. Before before we go, we'll make this the last question. I, yes. So uh, <laughs> I, I I frequent now now I frequent our uh, Australia on Reddit r slash Australia. Okay. And it places a kind of a gold mine. I love it. Um, and so t- can you explain to me just maybe just in summary form? Can you explain to me the battle between Vegemite and Marmite? I mean, it's, it doesn't feel like much of a battle. I think Vegemite won that a long time ago. Marmite is more, I think, of like the British equivalent. Uh, it might be more prominent in New Zealand as well, but Vegemite is very much the dominant mite of of, the, of <laughs> in Australia of those. The dominant mite. <laughs> God damn it, Jonah. We need you on some fucking kind of funny yeah. podcast. We need you on their content. We need yeah. this. You and Alana Pierce... And to be on there, we need a debate. <laughs> Vegemite, monomite, dynamite. dynamite. I don't care. I don't care what dynamite. mite it is. What, what? what fucking dust mite? I don't care. I just want to hear Jonah speak. Vegemite, monomite, Jonah, your voice is so smooth. Oh, Jonah, you've Anthony. liked my you've liked my tweet saying this, but Jonah, your your voice is like. Early Sunday morning before I go to church. Psych- I ne- hey, spoiler alert! I never go to church, but your voice is like your voice is like if I'm just laying there and I'm comfy, and I'm like Joe No Peck, and I'm like I'm out. <laughs> Not because your voice is boring, because your voice is so smooth, Jono. Uh, Jono, you can you can narrate audio books for old women with the smut novels, and they'd be like, Oh, Jesus Christ! Who this? I gotta know. It wouldn't Jonah, work. I would start laughing. I, I couldn't do it. Oh you my do god! It as he shifts jo- his quivering member into John jo- Opeck reads Fifty hole. Shades of Grey. Uh, I think Colin was going to ask a question about the Eight Bit Cast episode where we talked food exclusively. Yes, I was yes. the Eight Bit Cast where you guys talked about food because you guys went on and on about about. Vegemite and Marmite. It's so, so like so. You, wait, so you do use Vegemite with butter, or you spread it yeah. on with butter or something, right? Whether whether it's butter or margarine, that goes on first. Then the you know the oh, Vegemite the goes, goes on, on like first. kind of a thin layer. You don't want it to be too overpowering. It's very it's a very potent flavor, so you don't need that much of it. Okay, but it is an acquired okay, taste, cause... much like alcohol. To bring oh. hey 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 Jono, <laughs> can I give a shout out to someone? Sure. Why not at this point? <laughs> Why not? Jono, Brendan White. Brendan yeah, White. Brendan, which which he's, pod- the, he's the dad of the AI Bit Collective. Okay, well, Brendan White can, can fucking... And Brendan, this is an open invitation. You ever come to California, you got a you got a bed at my place. I'll let you lay in bed with me and my wife. You'll lay in the middle. I will caress you. I will hold you. Brendan, your stickers don't... I didn't forget about your dad bod play stickers, okay? I just want you to know, though, Brandon, you got a home. You come to California. You fucking live with me. I don't care. Come live with me. You'll be one of my kids. Brandon Florida. Got a nice ring to it. It's got it a nice ring to it. Guess what? I just adopted you. 
You're one of us now. You're going to eat tahine on your watermelon. Don't call it Tajin. Brandon, I will I, I will send you back to Australia. I swear to God if you should call did, it did you put your Did you put some tahine on your mug wine there, bud? I put tahine on everything. <laughs> I put it on my wife before we make love. I say, put the tahine. Please don't. I say, the tahine. It goes on you. I put the tahine on my toothpaste. I put it on my shampoo. Anthony, where can people find you on Twitter? And everywhere else. Uh, Dabba plays everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I don't know. Grinder. <laughs> you Grinder. Dabba plays. Don't tell my. Hey, if you find me on Grinder, uh, we're on the we're on the bro. You know, we're on the bro code. Don't tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> Call uh, you can find you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I guess Grinder too. <laughs> no, it's just I, I can find me. I found a, you. Yeah, yeah. Colin in mono. Colin in mono. C O L L I N I N. The old M O. The old double L. Yes. And of course, you can catch me on Twitter at Johnny himself. I'm definitely not on Grinder, but that's uh, that's my handle on all the socials. So American Grinder. <laughs> what? What? Jono. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. Okay. Jono, real fast though. Real fast before we end. Or before yeah. we go into whatever. Listen, Jono. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you because you yeah. you. Of all people, you and Cheeks Jr. have given me a platform to kind of come on, you know, like say shit, talk about stuff that's important. And I just want to say thank you. I also want to say thank you for creating some great A content. Um, I know you're part of the 8-Bit cast. And I know that the 8-Bit cast and its crew is all great A content. I just want to th- say thank you to all of you for, you know, keeping creators like myself, like Colin, in your minds. And giving us a platform, uh, maybe bigger than our own, to come on, talk, kind of like represent ourselves and I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I think we're meant to do Patreon shoutouts on this podcast. So here we go. Thank you to our Patreon producers at 8-Bit. Aaron Lucas, Andrew Natoli, Anthony Florida, Beck White, Chris Nelson, Colin Sparling, hey. Howard Smith, Jared Howard, Josh Enor, Liam Hart, Logan Wilkinson, Nathan Tilly Laurie, Pete's, Screamus, Screamus. T-Dag, and Tom Chavez. A light round of applause for our patrons, yourselves um, included, <laughs> present company included. I would just like to say thank you for having me on, Jono. Very much appreciate it, man. Yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, I can get some more patrons on the, the show later. We kind of, it's a rotating cast of, of hosts, so who knows what will happen between now and then. But for now, you can catch 8-Bit at We Are 8-Bit. We are powered by Audio Technica, so get yourself some of that juicy audio goodness from uh, audio-technica.com.au or I guess minus the .au if you are in the US. And until next time, dear listeners, stay hungry. <laughs>